Hi, my name is Callie, and on this podcast, hindsight is everything. Our goal is to look back on seasons we've been through and help prepare those about to face the same things. There's something powerful in knowing you're not alone and knowing someone has gone before you. So I gather up some great people, I ask them all the questions I can think of, and then, hopefully, by the end, we're better than when we started. I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to No One Told Me. Emma, we met years ago. You are just a wee college student. And I got to bring you on as an intern. And you were just one of the most fun people to be around simply because you always had such a positive outlook. But it was, you brought joy into rooms. And so meeting you as a college student, I know uh, you finished school, you started the real world. What does your everyday life look like right now? Wow. So right now, everyday life is a little different. I graduated from UT and then I got my master's in counseling from Johnson University. Um, And since then, I've been doing outpatient therapy for the last three years. So people come to the office, just talk about different, you know, anxieties, depressions, family conflicts. Um, But within the last month, we have all moved to telehealth, which is online therapy, working from home. And right now, I work predominantly with little kids. Oh, wow. Um, so I think my oldest clients are like 10 or 11. So trying to to do telehealth with the little kiddos, is it's an, a fun experience. It's How long are their attention spans? <laughs> I do a lot of brain breaks, I call them. So we do, you know, five, seven minutes of focused activity. Then we do a little wibble break, and then we come back. So I, I don't listen. <laughs> Let's say that I take brain breaks here at home with mine, but they are a little longer than that. So that's, well, that's, a, that's a self-care break. <laughs> those, those range in, in time. I know that this is such an interesting season for everybody. I know everyone's learning so much through this. I mean, I, you and I, before we hit record, we're talking through a couple of things that we're uh, learning that I'm learning right now. What has this season for you personally been like? It has been kind of like a magnifying glass. So I think it just exposed areas in my life that maybe I hadn't been paying much attention to. One thing I know is I have realized how much comfort that I had in routine um, and knowing work expectations and, and being able to say, this is my job. This is when I do this, it's done. Um, and so when everything shifted and I had new schedules I realized my anxiety was getting so much bigger than usual. And Mm. I really had to kind of admit that maybe my comfort wasn't coming from Christ right now. And I wasn't um, rooted in him. And so when the world was swaying, I was swaying a little bit. So I think for me, I just really had to take a minute to to realign um, and realize that I had put a lot of pressure or support or structure in maybe the wrong areas. It's so, I think for people, especially in your field, I think it's a little bit easier to have an awareness of when these shifts are happening. You know, for the rest of us, we're not aware of it until 
we are on the ground curled in a ball and we don't know (laughs) what to do. But I think for me, that awareness just hasn't existed until I was forced to not have a million places to be. You know, my brain had so much noise in it that I could not separate anything out to figure out what I was really feeling or walking through right now. And there are positive impacts to this season. I mean, I think we all think about the, the, the hard stuff the most, and we tend to dwell on that, and we tend to let our emotions kind of run wild when we get in the middle of how difficult this could be. But there's also so much good that's coming out of it. What are some of the positive things that you can see happening with everyone on the other side of this? Sure. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that you thought I was a positive person because I genuinely do think there are lessons and things you can learn in anything, even the hardest situations. And obviously you don't wish those things to occur, but if they are occurring out of your control, there's probably something that we can learn from that. And I think the thing I pray for just for society is just an increase in empathy. Right now, the government kind of defines and determines, hey, you can't be here, you can't go there. And it's forced us to kind of slow down, think about us, but also it's affected everybody completely differently. So while I might be experiencing a change in routine, someone else might have a job loss or someone else might have a family member sick. And so we really are going to have a chance to build empathy for other people, what they're going through, how they're experiencing things, what they might need, that if we kept our routine and kept our pace, we would not have slowed down enough to to see. I think you even see that in what people are choosing to share and talk about on social media, that there's just this sense of, okay, this is less about me and more about everyone. And just that increase in an awareness and feeling what other people feel. But it could almost be too, it's why my head has been stuck down in the sand. I couldn't watch the news anymore because some of the stories were just too sad for me. I take on those feelings and then I don't know what to do with those emotions. And I know there are so many people right now, like you said, it's different for everyone, but a lot of things are still the same. And I think that's how some of us are dealing with the emotions of this season. It's kind of chipping away at stuff that you don't necessarily want to chip away at. So I know that there's the whole gamut of emotions that run through a lot of us and the loneliness or the anxiety or the fear. Let's go into a little bit of that awareness that we need to have with those emotions, Emma. What are you identifying in the hearts and minds of a lot of people right now that you think could have a negative impact? So I think with the mindfulness thing, the paying attention, I think that's a huge piece to both what might be negative for us, but could also lead to growth later. I know I've talked with a lot of people. There's just kind of this sense of despair. There's this overwhelming, when is it going to get better? This feels really long. You know, maybe they're having a change in how they're sleeping or eating. Maybe they're just more irritable. So I think when there's so many changes and there's so many unknowns and you do see the news and it is filled with you know, these rising numbers or these people are experiencing these hardships, I think it can feel very heavy um, and I think it can weigh you down. And I think it really is important. um, Just like you said, you turned off the news. I think it's important what we allow into ourselves is really going to, you know, internally 
it's going to look the same. Mm-hmm. So if I'm watching stress, if I'm taking in chaos, I'm going to feel that same way. So I think there is a heaviness that a lot of people are feeling right now. How do you find that balance in your own life? What do those warning signs look like? Not just for you, but for anyone. So we can have that awareness and that intentionality of how we are walking through our lives. Because if there's one thing I've learned now that I've entered my 30s is just this concept of living intentionally and not so much just letting things happen to you and Mm -hmm. then trying to rebound. Um, What are some of the triggers, some of the things that we can be aware of in our own lives that kind of say, hey, you need to step back. Maybe you need to call and just talk with someone. Maybe you need to recenter. What does that look like? Sure. In counseling specifically, you look for a impairment or a disruption in how things usually were or distinct change in behavior or thought patterns. So if you are usually pretty positive, energetic, moving around, but now you're suddenly laying on the couch, sleeping a lot, not calling people, that's probably a warning sign that you're experiencing some type of stress or depression symptom. Or if you are usually someone who's organized and you stay on it, but now you can't focus at work at all. And that's probably a sign that you're overwhelmed and maybe you need to step back and rest. So I would say look for what's different. And the people close to you might give you a good idea of that. It won't always feel good, but sometimes we can't. We can't see that I was uh, quicker to respond to them or be irritable, or maybe I was kind of talking a lot more and really feeling anxious. I might not notice that, but a friend would or a family member would. It's so funny. Ryan um, gets on to me all the time because I have one pace, one setting, Probably a lot of people who see me at work in general will tell you the same thing. And I don't know if you experienced this as an intern, Emma. When you were an intern, I did not know how to lead. I still don't fully know how to lead, but I, you were just along for the ride, Emma. You really, it was a fun ride. I enjoyed it. (laughs) You were just along for the ride at that point. Um, But I have just such a fast pace, but Ryan will always ask me to pause and think through it. And I always just say, it's just this season. It's just this season. Mm-hmm. We just got to get through this one thing. And we on the side. And he has started saying to me, you, I want you to recognize that you say that every time. And then there's something else that you have to chase after. There's something else you have to work through. That triggered for me when you said, what is different? What is, you know, what is not normal that you're doing? And even the examples that you gave of, um, you know, if you're super organized and all of a sudden you can't focus in on one thing or if you're usually up and out and you want to see people and talk to people but all of a sudden you're ignoring calls you're ignoring text messages Mm -hmm. those are warning signs and when you can't be it's one thing a phone call is great zoom all of that's so good but when you can't be in person with your people you give a hug yeah like when you can't go out to dinner when you can't look someone in the eye face to face and have a conversation in their presence, it changes things. And I think everyone's feeling the same thing, just a sense of loneliness. And what is something that we can do, Emma, to kind of get a grip on those feelings, to kind of keep ourselves from sliding down into them and settling into them for an extended amount of time? One thing that we say in in mental health is name it to tame it. A lot of times, not only are you experiencing that emotion, so not only are you lonely or sad or discouraged, there's also this shame and this guilt that's on top of it. Mm. So you feel like you can't even tell someone that you feel lonely or that you feel disconnected. So you're kind of fighting two battles. So when you say, 
wow, I'm really worried right now, or I'm so sad. That was a really hard day. This is really heavy for me. You automatically knock off some of the shame and the guilt that comes with holding all that by yourself. So I would just be honest with yourself, first of all, and say, I'm stressed out. I'm sad. I'm worried. I feel alone. I haven't connected with somebody like I usually do. And then I would take that step to say, how can I pour some energy into that? That will help me. So I may not be able to give you a hug, but I can do a Zoom call. I may not be able to go out and have dinner with all my friends, but we can do a Netflix movie hang group chat. So I think accepting that that's the feeling, not judging yourself for feeling it, and also know that the things you're doing right now are not going to be the things that we're doing forever. Mm. So you're not always going to have to be on Zoom calls. And it's not ideal, but it's the next best thing for right now. Mm. Even that name it to, to tame it deal, that's probably what, it seems like the most simple thing, but it feels like one of the, the hardest things to do is to actually let yourself recognize it and admit it that that's what why is that so hard it almost feels like a weakness to be like hey I'm feeling kind of lonely or hey there's that shame yeah like it just it feels like you shouldn't say it out loud but what is maybe one of the first steps to actually recognizing that Emma and being like okay this is where I'm at how do I talk about it because sometimes you just don't even know how to talk about it you don't even know how to explain how it feels you just know it feels off And that's a a great point. And I have been in the counseling field, in the psychology field for almost 10 years now. So I have had a lot of practice of mindfulness, self-awareness. In grad school, they make you go through years of of paying attention to you, what you need, what you're bringing to the table. Um, But really start with the simple stuff. Start with what is my day-to-day looking like? What externally is going on? Because it's going to give me a good idea about what internally is going on. So if my room is really messy, I probably feel stressed. Or if I'm screaming, maybe I'm mad about something. And do simple stuff like go outside and try to name five things that you can hear or name five things that you can see or five feelings that your body physically has. Like, wow, my shoulders are really close up to my chest. I need to take a deep breath and just let them fall back down. And that builds. So the more that you pay attention to how you're feeling right now, your environment, the quicker you're going to see that anger building. The quicker you're going to notice that you're kind of stressed and your energy's low. I just feel like that's another one of those examples that you don't know when you're just letting things happen to you, you're not aware of how they're making you feel either. You're just trying to, you're just thinking, get through to bedtime, get through to another day to mark it off that you've accomplished whatever, instead of that awareness. And that self-awareness is scary. I mean, it's like, I don't know if I want to sit in all that or feel all that. But I do think it's such a great point that if you start, if you're aware of other things externally, it's going to make you aware of what's happening internally. And even in this, a lot, like we said, a lot of the noise in your head has kind of died down a little bit. But that's one thing I was thinking again today, Emma, there's none of that FOMO right now. It's almost like I don't want this season to be over because you're not scared of missing out on anything right now. None's happening. So are you an introvert or an extrovert? 
I'm an extrovert, but I just okay. don't want to miss out on anything. But I don't also don't want to live back in the tension of, am I missing out on something? Because I don't have to worry about that right now. Okay. So you're not feeling that right now. I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything right now. Like That's huge. I and, know a ton of extroverts. That is a hard thing for them. They're like, we need to be doing something. Gosh. We need to be going. We're missing awesome options of life. I was and literally, they, they thrive that way. I was sitting on the back patio pulling weeds today. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> I don't, I'm not even worried about what anybody else is doing because nobody's doing anything. So I don't care. It's just been, That's true. it's almost like the pressure <laughs> to have to go do stuff doesn't exist right now. And I kind of like it, but then Welcome I'm like, to introversion. <laughs> it's been sweet. I've had some great rest. Have you, has it bothered you? Are you to a point where you're like, all right, I'm ready for normal. Or are you still sitting? This is nice. I'm okay with this. Oh man, that's tough. Introversion, you know, you still want your, those relationships, yeah. but you also need your own space. And if you're quarantined with people, you're not going to go sit in a coffee shop and around people you don't know for a minute. You're, you're still around people you could be talking with. Will we ever sit in coffee shops again, Emma? I don't know. Yes. Who yes, Callie. Sure? We will. I'm so positive about it. <laughs> you will get to just mindlessly walk through Target again. I promise. It will happen. It's going to make everything so much sweeter. Slowing down right now, when we go back and do stuff, I think we're going to start to notice those things. Oh, man, it feels so good to sit outside at this restaurant and eat with y'all. I do think there will be a sense of increased gratitude. I was reading an article and a woman was talking about, she was in China and she was talking about when they lifted all the bands, when you could actually walk outside, when you could go into a restaurant and sit down with people. And she couldn't really even fully describe the feeling of just intense gratitude and a recognition of this is such a good life. We didn't know we missed it until we didn't have it. But I think that'll be a big piece of it too, Emma, is that balance because we all want it. And for the first time, we have enough stuff in our lives removed that we can kind of figure out what is balance for me? What does it look like? How do we take steps toward keeping the good things from this season and holding on to those good things, knowing there's still going to be the hard things? How do we balance the two? What can we learn now that will help us keep that balance later? I'm going to say two things that are so lame and cheesy, but do not judge me. <laughs> you said it before we start recording when I told you what I looked like. This is a du- judgment-free zone right now. We just have to ride it out. I need everyone to know Callie's skincare <laughs> is great. She looks I, <laughs> she, Emma, get on, Emma got on this call. She looks so good. She got her makeup done. Her hair looks great. And I'm rolling up in an old, I'm pretty sure it's my father-in-law's old t-shirt. Um, I did take my hair down because I looked semi like I was from Little House on the Prairie. So did take my hair down, but no makeup. And all I can say is I'm getting Botox when this is all said and done. And I said you don't need it. I'm doing it, Emma. I'm doing it. (laughs) But this is judgment free. What you got for us? Judgment free. I think the first thing is with balance. Right now they have said, hey, this is essential. This isn't essential. Mm. And we can do the same. So right now, what was the stuff that was essential that I had to do and what wasn't? What was extra? What was trying to be busy? What was because I thought I had to perform or keep up or meet this standard? Hmm. And what stuff have I started doing, resting, reading, taking walks, that has become essential for me? That Hmm. stuff really is essential for my mental health, for my physical health, that I need to 
put in place of that. So the first thing is look at for you what is essential because I'm sure things have shifted yeah. since it started. And then the other, I'm a very practical person. I, I love like it have so much. Like an activity. <laughs> um, but we do this thing in grad school as a self-care check-in. And you draw a circle and then you slice it into eight and you label those eight sections, the main points of your life. So your family, your friends, work, money, spirituality, whatever is the eight most important things. And then you color them in based on how well they're going. So if you're sleeping good, feeling rested, you might color 80% of it. You do all of that and then you say, would that wheel wobble? Like if I rode that wheel, is it are my spokes out of whack or are my levels not the same? And it's going to wobble, it's going to fall over, it's not going to keep rolling. And then you say, okay, I'm going to put some energy into sleep because that area is a little low. Mm. I'm going to put some more energy into physical health because my whole self, the whole will, it's not going to work if one or two areas are not taken care of. Mm-hmm. It affects all of it. Mm-hmm. For you, where do you see yourself feeling like I got to put more energy in the most often? This week's sleep, 100%. And just time to myself, which sounds crazy yeah. because we're in isolation. <laughs> but my job is to now yeah. be on the phone in conversation with someone for eight hours and then now small groups on Zoom and you're catching up with your families via Zoom and you're talking with your roommate. And so I have a lot of consistent connection with people, sure. which is awesome. But for me, I have to take a minute to not talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. So this weekend, I'm going to go to bed early and watch a movie in my room and just relax. That's what you can tell. What you it, need. Is, it is so, Ryan pointed this out to me. Listen, Ryan and I are having a lot of conversations right now because who I else am that. I going to talk to? It's so good. The other day we were on a walk. One of the, we probably have taken a walk every night of this. I mean, we load up I the kids that. in a single stroller because I'm too cheap to have bought the double stroller. So Hagen gets to sit in the actual stroller and Henley has to sit on the bottom and just ride with her feet hanging out. It's great. But we, take our walks. He said, you know, we can tell when you're not paying attention to all areas of life, like making sure that you're aware of how you're feeling. I said, well, what do you mean you can tell? And he said, you're so short when you're exhausted and it feels like you've been in a constant season of exhaustion. And I was like, okay, that's not great. But I, I said, and I even said, good, I, good, I, I, said, I literally was like, that's not great. And he was like, no, I don't say it to make you feel bad. I just think you don't see it right now. You don't recognize it. And that is the value of having at least one person in your life who knows every part, even the parts mm-hmm. that you work very hard to keep hidden. And my thing is boundaries don't exist for me on any level. And I've tried so hard to create them and I'm great at creating them. I'm very good at it. I can I can create them all day. I cannot maintain any of them. And so trying to find that balance, even creating that picture that you said and, and putting those pieces and having those pieces. I'm going to bed later and later because I like my alone time. I'm yep. by myself. Everybody's asleep. And then I'm exhausted, though, because I wake up in the morning and I'm like, why did I do that? That was dumb. So, again, balance has not been discovered in my life yet. But we're all learning. We're all we, we're, building it. We're trying to figure it out. But w- there's also people in our lives, Emma, who 
are struggling in a very real way with that loneliness or with, um, before this even started, they were already struggling with depression or anxiety or a very real problem that now they're even more isolated and in it. So how can we be mindful of that, of the people in our lives that we already know were struggling? Uh, One thing I feel like other people appreciate knowing is that you don't have to be a mental health expert to love your friends with mental health diagnoses well. Mm -hmm. And I think there's kind of a fear of if I reach out, will I know what to say? Will I know what to do? Mm. And it kind of keeps us from even doing anything. So I think the first thing is just knowing you don't have to be an expert in this. You just have to be a friend. Um, And like you mentioned earlier, this intentionality, thinking, making a list, who are the people that I know might be having it particularly hard right now. People who have mental health concerns, people who maybe are single parents, people who have lost their job, widows, anybody who might be more um, set up to be experiencing this loneliness or this this depression, discouragement, and then giving them a phone call, Mm. writing them a letter, sending a little happy, using that 20 bucks you would have spent on a meal out with your friends to send dinner, send flowers, And so I think it's just identifying maybe who might be having those stressors going on and then in some way connecting, reaching out, talking to them just like you would anybody else. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, I think it's just more fun right now because you can be even more creative with how you do that. I mean, there's, there's so many different ways you could actually make that happen now that you are taking the time to think about it. You know, before... You might, this is my MO, is I'm driving and I think of someone that I want to check in on. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do that when I get, you know, out of the car. Mm-hmm. Do I ever do it, Emma? No, I do not. It is not a thought. There's again. another thing going. There's something I get. Come. I literally, Ryan walked in this morning with the keys to one of our cars. And he said, these were left in the ignition yesterday when you got home. I had to go to a recording when I came back. I guess I just left them in the ignition all night. They were just, car was unlocked, keys in the ignition. And he was like, you have got to slow down. And he is That's right. a sign that yes. <laughs> maybe you're feeling a little stressed. You need to recognize these things. You I want to know from you, Callie, because you are a, like you're a two, which is the helper, someone who mm-hmm. really does care well for other people. Um, so what are some creative ways that you think have helped you love people well in the midst of all of this? So one, one of my favorite things is let us all praise the Lord that Duncan is still open. <laughs> so coffee, praise God. <laughs> what I have loved to do is send little Duncan gift cards and be like, Hey, go grab a coffee, take your Lysol wipes, get a coffee, wipe down your, wipe it down and go mm-hmm. to town with it. Um, another thing is you can have de- like groceries delivered easier than ever to people. So I have a friend who just had a baby. And so all you have to do, one of my favorite things for anyone who has a baby is to just send groceries to their house. Used to, I'll go shopping myself and take them to their house. But Mm -hmm. now they'll just drop them on the porch. And it is one of my favorite things to do for people. And then there's, I have seen the reemergence of snail mail. Getting things in the mail is the best. I've been writing so many letters. It is 
the best. I, it's just, I love it. Just getting a handwritten note from somebody just because they were thinking of you is so great. These are just some of my favorite things to do right Those now. Those are so good. But we had a friend who is having a hard time right now, just financially. And being able to Venmo them, like just surprise them with something. We yes. have all of the ways to do this right now. We've just got to take the time to think about it and do it. Um, and for the first time in a long time, we have that space in our lives and our in our minds to think about people, like you said, empathy more than ever before, and then do something about it. Well, and I think if you set a realistic goal for that, you're more likely to do it. So instead of thinking, I need to help 50 of my neighbors, which you might be able to do if you have a company that wants to serve in that way. But if it's just you and you're looking for a way to care for people, start with one or two people, Mm. you know, one Mm -hmm. or two things, it's going to feel more manageable and we're much more likely to do it and to reach out and kind of brighten that day than if we feel like we have to help every single person. Well, and I remember learning um, right out of college that whenever you're in these ruts, when you are doing something for someone else, you're not thinking about yourself anymore. You're not thinking about whatever that emotion is that seems to overwhelm you for whatever time it takes for you to do something for someone else. But find something to do that is proactive. And have you noticed sometimes when you are just sitting and watching something though, you almost feel worse after? Do you know what I'm saying? I love that you brought this up. Right. There's such a difference between rest and idleness. If you need, you've had a hard day and you watch a funny 30 minute show, makes you laugh. That feels good. That's good balance. If you're sitting on the couch for 10 hours and you've had to click continue watching twice, which I have been there. So speaking to everyone here, that is a clue like, hey, this isn't restful. Mm -mm. I'm laying down. I'm not doing anything, but this is not taking care of my mental health. This is not taking care of my relationships or my physical health. This is we've gotten to a point where this is no longer helpful for me. It's such a great point, Emma. Just rest and idleness are two different things. And for in this season where you can stream anything, I mean, we pay for all the streaming you can think of. All of them. All of them, (laughs) name it, we have it. I promise you. But I have learned that I don't enjoy sitting and watching for a long, long time anymore. I enjoy an episode or two. Mm-hmm. But if I go much past that, I feel worse. I feel drained. I yes. didn't really get rest. I was just, again, you're consuming. So mm-hmm. it's kind of the new version of a fast paced life. Yeah. We're going, we're scrolling, we're watching, but we're not actually engaged in any of it. Mm-hmm. And you have to engage in rest. What does it look like to engage in rest? I think you have to know like a rest for you could be taking a walk. Mm-hmm. It could be sitting and reading a book. It could be writing and journaling, knowing that you have a lot you need to process still. So I think you have to be intentional with what actually does make me feel rejuvenated Mm -hmm. because rest is there to be rejuvenated. And sometimes that's a nap. Sometimes that's extra sleep. But a lot of times it's other stuff that helps us get some physical activity, sort out our thoughts, make us feel connected again. That's Mm. when we start to feel like our body is taken care of, which is the point of rest. Mm. Oh, that's such a great point. I'm glad we fit that in before we finish this conversation, Emma. Okay, Emma, we finish every episode. You know the question that's coming. I do. What is one thing that you are so happy someone did tell you about? I'm so happy 
that my grandmother told me that some lessons just take time to learn. I In the worst way. Her, right. I've talked to her, though, so much about like, man, there's just such a pressure as a young professional to know everything about counseling, know all the right things, mm. and even just in anything, and friendships, to be the best friend, to be the best partner, to be the best parent. And she's like, well, it took me 10 or 15 years to learn that one. And she is someone who is a strong woman of God, been through a lot of adversity, so consistent, so loving. So to hear her say, you're still going to make it, you're still going to be okay, some lessons just take time to learn. Mm. It's just given me some freedom to accept I made a mistake, accept it's not perfect, and keep on keeping on. And that you're learning it. That's the whole point of it, is what we, especially specific to this season, I think the things that we are all learning, and I'm not putting pressure on anybody. I think right now, some people might be listening and be like, I'm not learning nothing. You see some people taking on like these huge, like they're learning German or something. And I'm like, what is, what? Power to you, I'm not learning German. I'm not learning anything right now, other than... Learning how to survive. Yes, exactly. I'm learning all the things I'm going to do as soon as this is over. But, you know, I just think we put all this pressure on ourselves to have it figured out when everyone is figuring it out. Everyone Mm -hmm. is. No one knows what they're doing. If there's one thing I've learned in my 20s, it's that everyone likes to act like they know what they're doing. No one does. No, and then it's a little scary when you realize no one does. Yes, but then you're like, oh, but this is good because yes. again, yep. nobody does. We're all in this together. Again, if we go down, we all go down together. It's fine. It's great. <laughs> Emma, what's going to be the first thing you do when the stay-at-home order is lifted? I am driving to West Tennessee, and I'm hugging those niece and nephews. Oh, straight there. What are you going to do? I'm like, listen, I've already talked this through with my friend Brooke, and we're going to get a beach house, and we're just going to go for a weekend. Just give give me the beach with no children. That's all I want. I think it's important for people to expect part of their emotions to hit after things go back into routine. Oh, yeah. So... Right now, a lot of times we're kind of just holding it together to get through it. Yep. And once we're kind of back into a routine, we might experience some backlash emotions pop up. So oh, that no. is normal. That. That's going to don't be alarmed by it. again. Just say, OK, I feel this and I'm going to take care of myself. That was a crazy season. We all just went through. It's normal that I was stressed by that. And that might be the best thing about this, Emma, is that we're all going through it at the same time. This Mm -hmm. is probably one of the only times in your life that you can guarantee everyone's going through the same things. Like, I just think that's so interesting in and of itself. Five to 10 years after this, how are we going to talk about it? That's one of my favorite questions is how in the world are we going to talk about this? Any sort of joy or more so with, uh, we made it. It's over now, you know? It's going to be a mix of everything. I believe it. Hey, Emma, I just, I'm a big fan of yours. I am so... The feeling is mutual. Listen, I just, from an internship to a grown woman with a, a career and a job who can speak so well and with wisdom and discernment, I just admire you and I'm a big fan. Well, I'm going to hang out with you every day. Those I, words of affirmation. I'm good at those too. I love them. I, I shower them. I am after that. Thank you. You are incredibly important. I promise you that, sister. But hey, we appreciate you. And uh, listen, I can't wait for you to go home and see your fam. I'm going to look forward to those pictures. Thank you. Have fun at the beach. I 
love ending every episode telling you how thankful I am for you, that you would take your time to listen to what we're trying to do here. So if you loved it, or even if you have feedback, I want to hear about it. You can either hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review, or you can just DM me on social media. Usually I'm on Instagram the most. It's at C-E-Holla. And again, I love hearing from you guys. So make sure you either write a review or send me a DM, which always seems a little bit desperate asking for it. But here I am asking anyways. Thanks again for tuning in.